0: We are glad to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Good to see each and every one of you. God has been good to us. Yes. Continually. Yes. Amen. He shows us his favor. I do believe that. Yes. And Brother yes. Jonathan's son, Nathan, doing better? Yes. So, all right. Good, good. Glad to hear that. Amen. All right, and uh, boy, we have a lot of uh, upcoming events for youth, and uh, if you are a young person and you don't think you have something to do, you are not paying attention to the uh, the, uh, announcements. Praise God. All right, so we are going to call your attention this morning to the book of Mark, chapter 8. We're going to read verses 22 through 24. And then Philippians, we're going to read chapter 1, verse 6. All right. And he cometh to Bethsaida, however you pronounce that, and they bring a blind man unto him and besought or begged him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand. Can you imagine? You're blind. You have no, really, you don't have a, a good idea of who this one called Jesus is, other than he can hear. He hears what's going on. He's got all these people, and they've got him convinced somehow that Jesus is the answer. But Jesus grabs him by the hand. Always been, I don't know about you, but I've always been uh, intrigued by the story of the angels going into Sodom and Gomorrah and rescuing Lot. Remember that story? Those, the Bible says the angels took them, took Lot. They took him by the hand and kind of drug him out of that place. Whoa. I can only hope that I have a, a relative by the name of Abraham that has a relationship with God and can pray a prayer. Right? That would send that kind of, of a, a release into my life. Amen. So anyway, so Jesus took the blind man by the hand. He led him out of the town. And I know I'm not reading this correctly, okay? And when he had spit on his eyes. Are you guys reading that right? Okay. When he had, this is the King James Version, so when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands upon him he asked him if he saw aught. Or in other words he asked him what do you see? Verse 24 and that blind former blind man says he looked up and said I see men as trees walking. I'm going to stop right there. And then we're going to go to verse, or Philippians chapter one and verse number six. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Christ. Or you need to have your Holy Ghost confidence that God is not done with you yet. That whatever He started in your life you need to have full confidence that He is not going to quit until He completes that or until Jesus comes again, until He raptures us. And I'd like to speak to you on that thought this morning. God is not finished with you. Amen. God's not done. He's not finished with you. He's not finished with me. And He is not finished with the church. You believe that? Amen. Praise God. If you would just lift your hearts, we're going to pray. Amen. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for every precious soul that is here today. Not by accident, but God, by your drawing us here. We're thankful, Lord. We pray that, God, that we we have already felt your presence here this morning. And we pray, God, that you would help us, Lord. Help us to open our hearts, God, our understanding to your word this morning. Most of all, God, help us to recognize, even in the midst of this day, that you are still doing a great work in each and every one of our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 All right. You may be seated. How many of you have read this and you're thinking, what an unusual story, right? so unusual. And uh, it really is. In fact, it is the only miracle, number one, this is the only place in, in the Gospels, in Mark, is the only place it's recorded, but this is the only miracle that involves a two-stage process of healing. The only miracle that we know of. Okay. And because even though this was an actual miracle in the present tense to this blind guy, I think we can all agree that his testimony through his experience, it is written, the, the Bible tells us that it is written for our admonition or In other words, Whatever whatever happens in here, even though real life experiences at that moment, there's still something there that I believe that Jesus is trying to teach us. There's a lesson that can be learned from that. And I, I think you and I both understand there is no order in difficulty of miracles. Okay. And, and in fact, I make the statement that there is no such thing as a miracle in God's view. Okay? That's just normal. It's only a miracle to you and me. God didn't even operate miracles. That's just the way He is. Right? So, in other words, there is no order of difficulty as far as what God's able to do. It doesn't matter to him if it's touching your headache or raising you from the dead. Right. To him, there it isn't like you and I, that we have, you know, we have certain, there are levels of difficulty for you and I and what we're trying to accomplish, but... But to God, there is no difficulty. There's no scale of 1 to 10 as far as if He is challenged to do something that exists. Amen. And in fact, Jesus could have, like He did previously, or depending chronologically, the you know, the different miracles, but we know that He could have simply spoke the word of healing into this blind man's life. He could have just said, you're healed. He did it to the ten lepers. Now I know about you, that's on a level of one to ten, right? That's pretty hard to do. Ten lepers out there, Bible says he sees them from afar. He simply says, says, be ye healed or whatever. And ten lepers are healed. Mm. (laughs) You see, there's like, wow, was that hard? No, it wasn't. Or, like the centurion's son, Mm. all he said was, go your way. Next day he gets there, and sure enough, kid's been healed. And so, Jesus did not have to go through this process of what I'm I'm calling a two-stage miracle, but he did it. He didn't have to, but he did it. And there's a couple of of points I want to make before we get into this, a couple of things. In this, I believe Jesus is teaching us the value of ministering to us as individuals. Alright? It is a real one-on-one thing when it comes to you and God and your salvation. Amen. It's not a group session. It's one-on-one. Thank you, Two, I believe he's showing us the lesson of a progressive work of faith or transformation of our spiritual lives. Because what he could do, Brother Jacob, when you were baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost, he could have absolutely made you perfect right then if he would have wanted to. Would it have been difficult for him? He makes a donkey talk. So if he if he wanted to, he could have completed The ultimate plan of making you into the perfect individual that he wanted you to become simply because you obeyed and acted upon the message of the gospel. He could have done it that way, but he didn't. Because our spiritual lives, our walk with God, it is a progressive act of faith on our part. It involves us growing and developing. It doesn't happen overnight. How many of you still have work to do? Some of you don't. God bless you. you. guys are really good. And then number three, I believe he is teaching us the most valuable lesson of all, how we see him and how we see men. But we need to go, we need to look at the beginning of chapter 8 in order to really get the impact of of this miracle here, okay? And you'll get it here in a minute, but let's look at it. It begins like this. The miracle of feeding 4,000 hungry people, this time with seven loaves of bread, and the Bible says a few small fish. The first time he fed 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. Now we could look at that 4,000 and this time it took him seven loaves instead of five loaves it took him seven loaves to feed less people. Is he having a bad day? Right? No? But let's look at it. And So what happens then, in verse number 10, after this, we find Jesus and his disciples getting into a boat and going to a place called, I don't know how to pronounce it, D-A-L-M-N-U-T-H, Dalmantha, I guess, okay? And now watch what happens, okay? So the the beginning of this chapter and leading into this miracle, we find that he feeds 4,000. 4,000 people, he gets on a boat, he goes to Dalmanthu and the Bible says the Pharisees come out and they begin to question his deity, the Bible says, seeking a sign from heaven tempting him. In other words, they're wanting a miracle, they're wanting him to do a miracle on their terms. They're saying, if you are the Son of God, basically, I'm paraphrasing, but show us a sign from heaven. Bible says, they want a miracle on their terms. God don't work that way. In fact, the Bible says that Listen to this. It says, Jesus sighs deeply in his spirit. What does that even mean? What does that mean Can he you, can you can you catch the, the picture? In other words, the Pharisees tempt him, questioning his deity, because they're saying. We want you to do a miracle now so that we can see it. The Bible says that Jesus sighed deeply in his spirit. Okay? Somebody, right, what's that? I don't know. But I can tell you what it means. It means that that the Lord was very, very disappointed with what they were asking him to do. He was disappointed. And he goes on to say, This generation seeks after a sign. He says, There shall no sign be given unto this generation. Okay, so so get that. Then verse thirteen, he leaves them. He leaves them. The Bible says he gets back into the ship. They go to the other side and this is where the story really gets interesting. Verse 14, the disciples, the Bible said, now I don't know about you, but I've read this time and time again, and I've always thought it's so convoluted per se, right? Because so many things are going on, but here they get back into the boat, and the Bible says that the disciples they begin to question themselves. The disciples had forgotten to take bread And they only had one loaf between them. So what? Now listen. And verse 15, And Jesus, the Bible says, Jesus charged them saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod. In other words, he's saying, their hypocrisy and pride clouds their vision and their understanding as to the purpose and the identity of who I am. The Pharisees want a sign and later on you find that even Herod, the Bible says later on Herod calls him in because he always wanted to see him do a miracle. So he told him, he says beware of the leaven hypocrisy. We know Jesus called the Pharisees hypocrites. He says, beware of that. Because if you get into that, that mindset of, of ever questioning whether I can do something, then you lose the whole purpose of why I am here. Mm-hmm. He is not here to produce miracles. He is here to save your soul. He is here to give His life as a sacrifice for your sins. And so, verse 16, the Bible says, the disciples reasoned among themselves. Well, it's because we have no bread. So they're, they have no idea why. And then He even gets more interesting. Listen to what sounds like a very harsh answer from Jesus. When Jesus knew it, that they were arguing somewhat, they they couldn't understand what he was talking about, the Pharisees and Herod. The Bible says that when Jesus knew it, he said unto them, Why reason you because you have no bread? Perceive you not yet, neither understand is your heart yet hardened having eyes why don't you see and having ears why don't you hear do you not remember that's some harsh stuff coming that's right. he says do you not remember when I broke five loaves among five thousand he says how many baskets or leftovers were there they said, 12. And he says, and when the seven among 4,000, how many baskets were left over? He, they said, seven. And then Jesus says, he says, how is it that you do not understand? In other words, he's trying to get them the clear mental picture of of who He is. That is, He never has to operate within the the thoughts and the requests of men. He doesn't have to operate that way. He's God. He has no beginning. He has no ending. He can work a miracle in your life any way that He wants to work a miracle in His life. And it doesn't matter how much time He takes to do the miracle. One thing he was trying to get them to understand, he says, listen, don't you understand that I am a God of abundance. I'm always going to exceed whatever the need is. When there was 5,000 people, there was plenty left over. Why? Because I am a God of abundance. I do not shortchange my people. Hallelujah. Their minds were all convoluted. They're saying, well, now we only got one loaf. What are we going to do? He's getting on our... No, no, you wouldn't even understand that He is a God of abundance. He is a God of overflowing. He wants to bless you. He doesn't want to restrict your life. He wants to add value you to your life. He wants to make your life overflowing. But you've got to understand that He does not operate in the way and the way that you want Him to do all the time. If He wants to spit in that gentleman's eyes to produce the miracle, then he will spit. Amen. 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 Praise
1: God.
0: Which brings us to the centai. They bring him a blind man. They beg Jesus to touch him. He takes the blind man by the hand, leads him out. Of the crowd. You understand that that he does not operate well on a one-to-one when he's in a crowd when you are in a crowd. He wants you and him to get uh, to get outside the group. You gotta leave the the crowd. You gotta if he took that man by the hand. He had never felt the touch of the God-man before, but he recognized that he was leading him to a place of the miraculous. Hallelujah,
1: Hallelujah.
0: He believed it. He didn't have to grab that man's hand. Brother Jonathan, he could have just said, hey, you're done, you're filled, go, man cool. He did not have to lead him out of town. But what he's doing here, he's teaching us the value he places on ministering to each one of us as an individual. Our miracle of conversion is not ministered in a group session When you go and when you did, hopefully, or if you need to, we'll get her done. But when I went down into the water in baptism, calling upon the name of Jesus Christ for that blood atonement, it was not a group session. He was ministering to me as an individual because He came to save me as an individual. Because He loved me as an individual. Because He wanted me to feel His touch and His presence as an individual. in a sense we can say our experience is the same according to the new birth but it's not the same. He leads him out and I don't know it's just kind of it's a little bit strange to think about how he ministered the spit into the guy's eyes, Right? He did it another time, but he mixed it in mud. That time. This time it doesn't say he mixed it in mud. So politely, he probably, you know, like this. I don't think it, you know, was a straight shot in the guy's eye. I don't know. But your mind does funny things, right? Because it doesn't, all it says is he spit in the guy's eye. So you can take it any way you want. But look now, now, now listen to this very carefully he spit in his eye he puts his hands on him I don't know exactly how he did that and the man and he, he put his hands on him he asked the man if he saw anything and the man looked up and said I see men like trees walking wait a minute Jesus what happened Are you having a bad day? Did you lose your touch? Why was that man's miracle not completed right then and there? Because God chooses to operate in a different way. He's not working in my life the same way that He's working in your life. You can take that for whatever you think, right? But I I guarantee you, He is not working in my life the same way that He's working in your lives. And it is His prerogative of when He completes this transformation in my life. It is entirely up to the mind and the will of God. He could have let that man sit there for however long it took before he completed what he started. But here's the question. Here's the question. See, Jesus was not finished. The problem was this man's perception the way he was seeing the world was not really true. It was only based on the way he saw things right then. He could see things he had not seen before but he was not seeing the true world. When I was baptized here's here, here's one of the challenges that that I I offer to you today. See, sometimes when we're baptized, sometimes when we're filled with the Holy Ghost, okay, we come up out of that water, and everybody, said, you know, everybody, said, hey, how do you feel? You know, hey, how are you? You know, and everybody's shouting and jumping because they they you know they want you to feel what they felt to. You understand, but listen to me, you know, part of our challenge sometimes is this: yes. that people don't get the complete fulfillment of what they need at the time of conversion. Are they saying yes? If they've gone down in that water, if they've repented and gone down in that water, in Jesus' name and God's filled them with the Holy Ghost, they're rapture ready. Hallelujah. But listen, that man, he could have answered dishonestly. How you, hey, how are you doing? To listen, when when a uh when a, an addict comes out of that water, they're emotional, they've been feel sure they're gonna feel good. But Come Monday morning. Hey, how you doing? Well, the problem is sometimes is that they we answer dishonestly. We say, oh yeah, we're good, man. No. We're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the question, <laughs> yeah, oh, are you really good? You see, are you really? Let me ask you, I I know for certainty that there are people that you have not received the full conversion, transformation package that God's got in store. But here's the problem, that, that blind man could for whatever reasons, here's the way people are, we're we're, uh, intimidated because we don't want people to feel like, oh, I don't want to really tell you the way that I feel, but I really, I was hoping for more.
1: Oh,
0: my. You know, Bridget, I was really, but no, 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 we don't tell people that. We tell them, oh, yeah, man, we're good. And all of the time, Jesus is waiting for us to answer the question honestly. What, how do you see? Not how do you feel, because you know we're pretty emotional. One, you know, during a song service, we'll be jumping, and then pretty soon we'll be balling. We're a, yeah, or laughing, or whatever. But to but that man, he could have, if he would have answered dishonestly, I believe Jesus would have sent him on his way. And he could have said, oh yeah, I see. Oh, how do you, well, I see okay until Monday morning and I stumble out the front door. Why? Well, because I still got issues. But no, that man answered honestly. He said, oh, he says, I, see, I see men, but they look like trees, man. Were the men trees? No. They were real people, but he couldn't see. But here, the, key, the Bible says that Jesus reached, he touched him the second time, and the Bible says he made him look up, Here, I I believe this. That the second time, after Jesus touched him, the Bible says he made him look up. The first face clear that he saw was the great healer of his life. And when he seen Jesus, the Bible says that he saw every man clearly. And and here's, listen, what happens is God could have, he can do anything he wants. He can do anything he wants. But if we were, here's what happens in life. Life happens. The world changes. And if we're not careful, Jesus said, you need to be aware of the leaven. And if we're not careful, the outside influences and we we don't see things like we used to. How many of you, I mean, you don't need to raise your hand. How many of you are on fire for God the same way that you were on fire for God at your initial conversion? Just a thought. Right? What were you doing the next day after you were filled with the Holy Ghost? Probably you were doing a little happy dance still and probably you were running around telling everybody, about your experience and they looked at you and said weird mm-hmm.
1: right
0: but the challenge is that as as life changes as, as the world changes we begin to lose our true perception of who he is and who you are. You know, Watch what happens. Jesus sends the man home. Next, verse. Now, watch what happens in verse number twenty-seven. Same. Look at this. You understand? He is leading. It would seem to me like, anyway, he's leading his disciples into this learning, into this very, very important principle of this right here. Jesus goes out and his disciples, they go into Philippi, and by the way, on the road of whatever, he asked his disciples, saying unto them, Whom do men say that I am? Their answer: Well, men perceive, men see you as one of the great prophets, but he doesn't. Aren't? Thank God he doesn't stop there. But he goes on. He says, but, but who? This is the important one. He says, okay. He says, I understand. The the Pharisees and all all that stuff out there. Men are always going to see me in a different light as to the true identity of who I am. But I cannot have it for you. I cannot have it for the church. You must see me as I am. And so he says, then who do you say that I am? Not a group session anymore, but a one-on-one. Who, Brother Tim, who do you say that Jesus Christ is? How do you see him? Not the way the world sees him, Brother Block. No, I'll tell you how I see him that I see him as the one, the true, the living God, the creator of all things, both visible and invisible. And I see him as the God-man who came and he led, he grabbed a hold of my hand and he led me out of that group and he touched me and he said, Amen. praise God and that you understand is as long as we have as long as we see the world as whatever the way that we see the world unfolding beside us, brother. as long as we can keep that identity, as long as we can keep that true, then everything else we will be able to see clearly. We will understand more perfectly because when you see Him high and lifted up, when you see Him on the throne, when you believe that His Word is that Bible, then there is nothing that can shake you there is nothing that will move you there is no man that can change your perception of who he is because you have been touched by the hand and the mercy of God and once once you see him as he is and you will see men, not men in a forest with just numbers on it, but you will see men and all things clearly because you will understand that the value of a man's soul is his true worth and identity that you are worth more than every ounce of gold and every ounce of silver in the world that your value is worth more, more, more and in fact here's no matter what you do. No matter what you do. The way God sees you. Your worth. Your value. Will never change in his eyes. You understand that? That's not giving you a license to go live in the pig pen. But I'm telling you, even those that are in the big pen, Sister Ronnie, if I get this right, their value still has not diminished in the eyes of God. You can do nothing that would diminish your self-worth in the eyes of God. It's impossible. So you've got to see your own value first. You've got to see you in the sense of how God sees you, and then you've got to see him, who he is. When you do that, you'll understand that. And what what Mark closes this chapter out and he talks about the value of a man's soul. He says, "No matter, brother Cliff, get to the very end of that chapter, would you?" It talks about it, but it goes about. Yeah, here we go. In there, thirty-nine, maybe he talks about the value of. It. It says what? What, what profit? It says. It's in there, chapter eight. Trust me, it's there. He it says, "What profit?" Says. What profit is there? If he gain the whole world. Yep. And he lose your soul. He Just, here you go. What profit a man? It gains the entire world. And loses his own soul. See, God's not done
1: with you.
0: said, be confident, be confident, be confident, be confident. And every day that I wake up, every day that I wake up, I said, God, I'm in your hands today. I'm in your hands today. He said, be confident that he, that started this work in you. He knows your every breath. He knows your every heartbeat. He knows every hair on your head. He knows what you're going to He says, but you need to understand that He is always, always, always. He is always with you. He is never going to leave you. And He will touch you. He will touch you. He will touch you again and again and again and again. Why? Because, you see... Because we have to have that second touch, not just once, but I need him to touch me in the morning. I need him to anoint my eyes. I need him to anoint my ears. And notice what he said. He said, he said, is your he said, is your heart? He says, is your heart hardened? He said? He says, you can't perceive. You don't understand. You don't recognize who I am and what I am here for. It is not just to give you loaves and fishes. It's not just to create a little sign and wonder so that you can feel all emotional okay about it. No, he says, you need to see me. You need to see me. You need to feel me. You need to touch me. Because today, if we're not careful, we are losing the true value or perception, I don't like to use it, we're, if we're not careful, we can lose the real value of certain groups of individuals in our day. can. Okay. It's a move of the devil. It's a move of evil. Trying to separate, trying to Blind us trying to get our minds and our hearts in all the wrong places. But listen, you need that second touch of Jesus in your life. You need Him to touch. I need Him to anoint my eyes. I need Him to touch my little brain. I need Him to touch my heart. I need to feel and think like He wants me to feel and think. you stand with us? If those people would have been around during that, when Jesus first touched that blind man, here's what I would have, here's what we were following, you know, a few, certainly not me, but, huh, so, Wow, would you lose your power, Lord? You having a bad day? Because the first time you should have t- the first time you touched step man, he should have been healed. What happened? You're losing some of your yeah. Has he lost any of his glory? Has he lost any of his power? Has he lost any of his compassion? Has he lost any of his love? Has he has he diminished in anything like that? No, 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 no. No. God does he has no variableness, the Bible says. But if we're not careful we think, well, well he didn't do it like the way that I asked him to do it. Well he's just listen. Apparently, he's. I can pick on somebody like that. I'll pick on Jeff because he, you <laughs> know. Hey, apparently, he's taking his time with you, brother. <laughs> you are really, you know, you got some issues. <laughs> you, you know, you need to. Come on. You understand? Who am I? The question. Mm-hmm. How he operates. I'm not that smart. That's to question him.
1: Yeah.
0: Second Corinthians three eighteen. See, we are in a progressive work of faith. Transformation. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says we are changed into His likeness from glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. 1 John three two, Beloved, we are the sons of God and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. Talk to the hyphen class today. about potential what's inside of a seed of greatness that's right a seed of greatness in each one that's of right. us Amen. and yes there are seeds that can be dormant for years Mom. but do they lose their value No. no no, no. no. They just need fertile ground. John says, beloved, we are the sons of God and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that we're confident when he shall appear we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. like him, But I kind of like the idea of, you know, if I could just do the mail-in order online, credit card over the, you know, over the phone, or, you know, pop me in the microwave and for 10 seconds and bring me out, and, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. You understand? for the 10th, it takes him your lifetime to mold you and shape you into his life. Thank you Lord. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen.
0: Your value is established by God. Nothing can ever change that. The only thing that can change is that we can be deceived into unbelief. And remain lost and blind. Amen. Truth is timeless. Jesus is truth; it cannot change.
1: Amen.
0: And your value, your self-worth, can never change. He's not done with the church. Think about this for just a moment. I know they always—they tell us we're in the Laodicea age, you know? If you read that, you're like, great. No matter what I do, I'm in lukewarm. I can't do anything. I'm just, I'm in Laodicea, because that's, you know, the seven whatever, you know? They say, that's the time we're in. There's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. You understand it? he has been working on the church for 2,000 years. You and I, we are the choicest of the choice, the bestest of the best. Amen. And what he started, he's finishing. Come on. In we, we are possibly the completed version of the bride of Christ. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Wow. I'm just saying. We're going to give you an opportunity this morning where you're at. If you want to come down to the front. but I don't know about you, but I want to be touched by Him Amen. every day. Amen. I need a fresh touch yes.
1: for Him. <laughs>
0: because this I know.
1: The world
0: and the events of the world can harden our hearts and cloud our vision and dull our hearing. And that's not the way that it's supposed to be but the only way that we stand to say God Amen. I need you to touch me again touch me again I'm not I don't, I don't see the way that I should see, I don't hear the way that I should hear and I don't feel God the way that I know that I should feel and so I gotta have you touch me Lord. would you come, pray wherever you again, if you If you need, if you need God to complete a miracle in your life today, it can happen right here today. That's right. He may, listen, there may be an ongoing issue that you felt at one time that God touched you and you thought you received a word or something from him saying that it was going to come to pass. But this may be the day that he completes what he started. Yes. It could happen yes. today. Yes. It's up to you to reach out. And say, God, if this is my day. Well, touch me, Lord. Bring back." Hallelujah. That's it. Let's lift it up.